Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So welcome everybody to Inside LA Long Beach Sunday Sit. Um, the talk today will be on patience. So to start off, I, um, I text, texted Mike, our neighbor, this morning. I said, dude, we're doing a talk on patience. Sometimes I text him, I'd order up a few things. I ordered up a few toilet flushes. I ordered up walking back and forth. He threw in the coffee and I didn't ask for that. Free of charge. <laughs> this set started uh, over five years ago. We would do meditation before yoga on the beach. And there would be like 50 people at yoga on the beach. And there would be like three of us meditating <laughs> beforehand. But that was good times. It was fun back then where... You know, we'd talk about patience, like we'd be meditating, and I remember one time, I, of course, everyone would be walking down the beach, and be the soccer games, and stuff like that, and one time, these people were like, what are they doing? They're just sitting there. Oh, dude, I think they're meditating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're meditating. Super funny. Well, thank you again for all for coming. Um, yeah, many times, like, I, I want to do, you know, shorter talking, like the Dharma talk be short, and then we actually sit with stuff a little bit more, and I'm thinking today might be one of those days, um, especially with patience, um, it's something so exper- experiential, experiential. Uh, Krishnamurti said that true patience is outside of time. Patience is outside of time. And this is, I would say, if there's a message, I'll just get right to the point today on where I want to talk and where I want to end up today in regarding patience is that patience is outside of time. Most of the time we look at patience as like I'm waiting on something. I'm going to, it's kind of like a, um, a restraint almost. <laughs> like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bear with this. Um, I'm going to hang on until I get what I really want or when something starts or when something stops. I'm going to kind of endure or something. Like this is kind of an energy of patience. So let's just say in sound, like I'm going to endure this until it stops. So there's this notion that it needs to stop, right? That something needs to happen, that we need to get something or achieve something. Like we're waiting. So this is kind of in, in dualism, right? In relative, in our relative world. So I'll talk about this too, because there's this really important piece of relative reality and how we're working with that. But ultimately, if we could think outside of time for a moment, like if we are eternity, I know this is just kind of going way to the other end here, but like, what's the rush? 
what are we rushing around for? You know, I think that the older I get, or maybe it's part of the practice or something, but I'm enjoying samsara a lot more. Like, I really enjoy it. I caught myself saying the other day, I want 500 more lifetimes at least in samsara. <laughs> this is so much to explore and to, to be curious about and to experience and to enjoy. I'm just fascinated with the smallest little things. You know, I take morning walks, I walk the dog and whatnot, and every little tiny thing, like little flower, I just noticed this, um, this shrub that I walk by almost every day, and now that it's becoming cold, I noticed that the leaves on the shrub, they actually, actually fold into themselves. And I've never seen this happen before, but it's gotten cold enough that the, the shrub, it, the leaves fold in on itself to keep itself warm. Oh, how incredible is that? How cool. But there's this notion of time, like I need to achieve something now. I need to get something. Like what if we get, I think I've mentioned this, I don't know, a couple months ago, just kind of came out. What if we got everything we wanted? Or what happens when we do get what we want? Is it now we're good for eternity again? Or is it something else comes up, you know, and now we want that? So this craving mind, as soon as we get what we want, it just still appears, right? And then we want this, and then if we got that, then we'd want this. If we got that, then we'd want this. Instead of staying curious and exploring, I like to look at it, it's like we're just explorers here, just taking a journey through, looking what's, what's this and what's that, without this attachment and craving mind. What if we're already full, already complete? Like, what does love need? You know, what does love, is love full or is love craving already in and of itself? Or is it already complete? So looking at patience as almost like the pinnacle of, a pra of the practice, I think patience could be its own, own <laughs> full practice. You know, say, what are you practicing? You know, mindfulness or zogchen or loving kindness or vipassana, you know, or mantra or, you know, kriya, kundalini, something like this. We could just say we're practicing patience. Because if we look at patience as really the energy of patience that's outside of time, again, not just restraint. If you look at awareness right now, just like this bare awareness is awareness, is it in need of something? Is it striving for something? Or is it automatically patient if you just check in with your awareness? So when we're checking to the place, this observer, this neutral observer, that which is looking at, the knower, the knower of what's known, the knower of what's known, if we check in with the quality of that, look into the quality of that experientially. It's infinitely patient. 
because it's infinite. <laughs> and it's this, this state of eternity, just looking, right? There's automatically no judgment there. Like in patience, there's no judgment. This quality of, of sincere patience is one of non-judgment. It's not like it needs anything. It's just as it is. Everything's okay just as it is, as it's arising. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be fixed. I already am what I'm seeking. Everything is fine just as it arises. Like true patience. You know, as an energy of patience. Not as conflict. You know. What I also like about patience is that it's going to teach us no matter what. No matter what, we're going to learn. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I was talking to a friend of mine who's having some problem with her teenagers, and she's like, I just don't know how they're going to turn out, you know, because <laughs> they're a bit crazy. So I told her a story about how I used to have a bad temper, and... She couldn't believe it because she thinks, you know, I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, believe me. <laughs> and um, I was like 15 years old, and my first job was at Round, ta round Table Pizza. And my brother was the manager. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. And he told me one day that somebody got sick, so I had to go into work. And I didn't want to go into work. I think I just wanted to play my guitar and read books or something, you know? And so I got really pissed off. And I had this folding chair, <coughs> was like this wooden folding chair, and I took the chair and I threw it against the wall, and it flipped in such a way where it landed in the wall. So it just stuck <laughs> up out of the wall. And my dad heard that, and he came in, but my dad's like super nonchalant. He just opens the door, he looks at the chair, he looks at me, he says, you're going to fix that. <laughs> That's it. Just walks out. Um, but I had to fix it, and there was like a big hole in the wall, you know. And thinking, I mean, how many times have we acted out out of impatience? And if we were patient in that moment, it would have saved us a lot of trouble, right? But I learned patience, you know, I had to get the sheetrock, Right, I had to get the stucco or the spackle. Then I had to wait for it to dry. Then I had to sand it. Then I had to paint it. So I learned patience. <laughs> but I also learned a bit of wisdom, right? Because we can't have patience without wisdom and compassion. I learned wisdom like I probably shouldn't have done that. Because if I would have sat with that, and this is the other like relative piece of patience is that you know, just this restraint is actually on the way to patience, right? So this waking up restraint takes a lot of awareness for that. It also takes a little bit of don't know mind, a little bit of just watching, a little bit of non-judgment, saying, I could sit with this emotion and I could be with you but not follow you. Hello, dear anger, how are you? Thank you for coming. Like if I could have done that, I could have opened up a bit of more capacity. I had no capacity at that time, right? Anger was not arising in my awareness. I was anger, right? I became anger. So my capacity was such where I just closed in on it. So I had no ability to access patience. Yeah.
but then I grew in wisdom. <clears throat> so no matter what, we're going to learn it. This kind of goes back, I was going to tell this little story going back to just being an explorer. I was watching a, a documentary called Long Way Around. Everyone see this one or anyone see this one? It's Hugh McGregor and he takes a motorcycle around the world. Yeah, and so they turned it into a documentary. Well, they did a follow-up and the producers had created this the schedule. So they were going to go take a, an adventure, a motorcycle adventure down through um, South America. But the producers made it such where they were covering so much ground every day, they couldn't stop and explore, right? So they were just trying to ride four or 500 miles a day, you know, on these street bikes. And then Hugh McGregor at one point, you know who he is, right? He's the big actor guy. He's like, what are we doing? We're just, we're just riding. We're not actually stopping and exploring and, and really feeling and getting to know the culture and all this stuff, yeah? So, so often we have this destination, always destination, destination, destination in mind. And there's no destination. What if there's no destination? What if this moment is absolutely perfect just as it is? We don't need to add anything onto it. So what if we could actually enjoy life? Like what if we could actually accept like we're perfect just as we are? And Suzuki Roshi would say, you're perfect just as you are, and you have some work to do. <laughs> but what if we could hold both of those? What if we could say, my life is absolutely perfect in this moment, and then we could practice this passion and non-attachment. And for fun, like I'm a very impatient person, and I'm okay, I'm impatiently impatient. No, I'm patiently impatient. <laughs> that makes sense. I actually like striving but I've grown to like it in, an, in, in a non-attached way. So if things don't turn out the way that I want it to, then I'm okay. I'm all right with that. But I'm going to strive anyway because I enjoy it. I do have a problem with, with people suffering. I think a lot of us do. You know, it's very difficult to watch people suffering and not get well. So I do have, I struggle with that. I have attachment there. But then I'm also trying to grow in my wisdom that I don't know why... <laughs> they want to suffer or maybe they've chose suffering or to see the beauty of suffering right because this this has an incredible amount of of wisdom when we suffer right looking at my own suffering but what if we could hold this relative truth and ultimate truth in in a really serene balance you know that i know that everything's perfect as it is Yet, because passion is life, I'm going to strive anyway. This creates an extreme level of resilience. Incredible resilience when we could hold these two truths, right? Everything is perfect. I'm going to strive anyway. And I think this is the beautiful part about meditation is that maybe many of you, this is not you know, something to strive for or anything. If I say this and you haven't experienced it, no problem. It doesn't matter. But if, you, if you've noticed like the still point within yourself, it's just a still point. It's just this absolute, absoluteness where everything's perfect as it is. 
you know, I had this one experience where every like perfect crashed upon my being like waves. Perfect, perfect, perfect. You know, what if it's all perfect? Even all of the, the violence and everything, if we could hold that and have the capacity to hold everything as perfect, then we have the energy and capacity to do something about it, whether it be do something about ourselves, do something about um, injustice, you know, all these, these things, right? But if we're striving too hard and we have these black and white lines and something doesn't go our way, we can't harness this patience, then we get pummeled down. Yeah? Right? Then we have no energy left to actually even the, to do the good or to be the good or to strive anymore. Right? <coughs> so sometimes our caring can be out of balance. I heard patients described as caring slowly. Caring slowly. Sometimes we want to care really fast, right? <laughs> and we need it to get done now, you know. And then we're outside of this persevering energy, yeah, resilient energy. We're too caught up in, in the duality. Yes, we want to go there. Yes, we want to strive. Yes, we want to do. And we're okay as we're doing that. So maybe let's, let's do a little meditation um, for 10 minutes or so. And I want to explore, I'm just kind of, maybe I'll guide us a little bit without setting it up a bit or, or much at all. Um, Let's really explore the energy of patience. Breathing in, I know that I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I know that I'm breathing out. Being aware of body-mind, the momentum of body-mind, maybe thoughts, <coughs> thoughts, emotions, body sensations arising. Letting everything in, letting everything out. <coughs> Paying careful attention to awareness itself, that which is aware of thoughts, emotions, and body sensations. Aware of the sounds outside.
this awareness, this knower. Check it in to see where does this end, this awareness. Experience the answer. It's a neck down exercise. Just looking like you would look at a coffee table. Looking at your own mind. Minding the mind. innately arising does this awareness have preferences so judgment Remember that this is the awareness looking at thought. <clears throat> Does bare awareness have tension or craving? <coughs> Is it desiring something to be a certain way? Experience the answers. If thinking mind is arising, just watch thinking mind arise. And then look back, what's thinking?
It is said that patience is learned in the classroom of impatience. If you feel impatience arising, look at what is watching impatience arise. And in these final moments, can you access a place within yourself that is okay with things as they are, this moment exactly how it is? Just see if you could access a part of yourself that is completely okay with how things are in this moment.
right, so I think next it might be it might be nice to get into smaller groups and maybe check in with some personal experience about how patience uh, arises in your life. Um, and maybe if anything, you know, um, resonated with you today and how you want to bring that into the discussion. So maybe for a little larger group, maybe no more than, uh, groups no more than three. Would anyone like to share with the larger group what came up for them or any insights or reflections? Yeah. Um, so when you had uh, prompted us to find that uh, part of ourselves that was completely um, okay with everything as it was, uh, those moments were brief um, and far between, um, interrupted by not wanting to be okay with like being content, uh, like as if not striving for more, growing more, is uh, not okay, you know what I mean? And um, I think it like, when you said um, that quote, like everything's perfect and you have a lot of work to do, and uh, my tendency is to try and make sense of things and it, uh, with that, the only thing I really came up with was uh, patience, um, like real patience, kind of just got subcategorized for me under like, uh, I guess, like acceptance. Um, and yeah, just like acceptance, you know, um, which is different for me than like being content. Mm. And like, Kim had a cool example, like the, the real patience that she has with her granddaughter, as opposed to like, kind of white knuckling, gritting my teeth patience till I get through something or get something that I'm waiting for. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Patiently wait for somebody else. <laughs> for me, the thing came up, when, especially what you were describing patience, was equanimity. It just really is that sort of place where, there, you know, as you described it, there's space. To, mm -hmm. Space to sort of, not necessarily be okay, but be okay. Mm -hmm. you know, but not get stuck in an emotion or a sensation, but just sort of have that space to choose intentionally. Mm -hmm. Hopefully wisely, you know, what to do or where to go or what to do. So, um, I never quite got to find a spot of me that was completely happy with everything. But, um, you know, I was still still really stuck with where is awareness? You know, where does that come? And I just, you know, uh, there was just this weird sense that sort of started at the back of my head and mm -hmm. sort of 
head and heart were the two places where you know, mm-hmm. it just sort of, if it was present, it was there. But there wasn't much there other than just sort of a, just a, I guess, an awareness of those two places. Just, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. But anyway, something they continue working on. But yeah. <laughs> I say it's hard when you're sick. I was I had a cold a week ago and just yeah. You know, one of those flashes. I didn't throw my dog through a wall, but I did. Sort of jerk, you know, yeah. pulling. I sort of jerked back really fast. I had this little 11 pound dog. Oh. <laughs> and I was just, yeah, I just, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not feeling well. It's cold. It's tough. Yeah. It's cold. You're not, you're not. You know, you're not feeling well. It's cold. It's tough. Yeah. It's cold. You're not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I can't give someone what I don't have, so I get to be first in the patient line. My first. There you go. Cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We started from, you know, interacting with a family member and just kind of trying to be patient with their struggles or at a traffic light, like what is the big deal if I have to wait one more arrow to get home? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, where's the rush and why are we so impatient with those? And then mm-hmm. also the like, bigger picture things, long-term goals of, like for me, my practice, I want it all and I want it now. And mm-hmm. you know, just being patient with that, just mm-hmm. taking the time. So. Yeah, from the littler to the bigger things, it's just, mm-hmm. there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Patience. Yeah, it's interesting, like, when we bring this into our practice, it's like, you know, we, we want it, and we want it now, just like you said, and, and what is it? Yeah, right? That's I know. what you're saying, there's no right, wrong, there's no complete, there's, it is. Yeah, but. and there's just no, you know, it really is in the journey, right? Because even if we got everything that we want, we know that samsarically speaking, it's impermanent and it's interdependent and everything became harmonious. All your relationships and career and, and uh, you know, health and, and everything was all lined up and that's impermanent, you know? So we, we literally grasp for things that are slipping through our fingers and we strive for those and we become impatient, we become angry when we don't get them. But even if we got them, they're slipping through our fingers, you know. But that which is looking at that striving is infinitely patient. That which is looking at the striving is already fine with how things are. So then it could be a, more of a play. You know, in Tibetan they have a word, they call it play mind. Like play mind. Without play mind, like nothing's possible. Like there's no joy, there's no real life without play mind. Like, we've forgotten play mind. And then we become very impatient getting things that aren't even there, that are empty of inherent existence. You know, we're striving, striving to get nothing. They get things that are just fleeting, right? And then forgetting that we already are what we're seeking, that we're just basking in it already, you know. So we just took the fun out of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's so much fun to be had here. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. You have said a few times uh, samsara. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar. Can you? Oh yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Samsara is is a word used um, in this context uh, for relative reality, and so there's like it would be the opposite of nirvana. So we have nirvana and samsara, 
right? So um, samsaric um, attitude is, uh, is in line with dukkha. So this is the basic unsatisfactory nature of all external existence. It sounds like a, a downer, but it's just saying that that happiness isn't outside, right? There's no suitcase of happiness. And that, and as I mentioned that, you know, this is kind of like life is like a shopping cart with one messed up wheel, right? Something's always going to be a little, a little messed up. There's no perfect harmony outside. Inside, yeah, absolutely, right? But relative reality is like this, yeah? So the opposite of that, nirvana would just be non-attachment, still here. We're not trying to leave anything. It's not detachment. We're not trying to detach from anything. Not trying to numb out or get away from anything, but actually live everything as it is because there's no aversion to it. So now we get to experience things fully and richly and as they are. So we're actually more involved, yeah, because we're just really owning everything. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jane. Oh, I was just wondering is impatience our subjective feeling of dukkha? I mean, it is in fact kind of the substrate, substrate of this whole samsaric mess. Yeah, is impatience, you said? Yeah, yeah it's delusion. Yeah. Um, for me, when I'm impatient, it tells me that I need more time alone and more time in nature. Mm. And then the impatience just stops. Wonderful. So for me, it's like a barometer. Yeah. Hey, I'm in it. When's the last time I had some quality time alone or some time in nature? Yeah. Wonderful. It's a nice indicator for me, actually. Yeah, and I like your wisdom. Like, that's the wisdom of learning, like, oh, I need more time in nature, you know? Wonderful. Thank you. Question? Sure. If, if there's a particular thing or something that we're striving for when we feel the most impatient, what is that saying to us? I mean, why can't I feel impatient and that I need this to go faster? I need to finish this teaching credential faster. This is taking yeah. what's Why can't I feel that way? There's absolutely nothing wrong with feeling that way. Being attached to that causes suffering, you know, but that's the beauty about our choice, you know. We have our choice. And again, like I find myself being you know, patiently impatient too. Like I'm striving, let's say, for that degree or something or, you know, whatever it might be, like striving for it. And then if we want to to do, to have that striving and enjoy it too, we could be not attached to certain outcomes and whatnot because we recognize the wisdom of interdependence. I heard an interview one time with an Olympian, you know, trained for four years. He was the fastest in the world. He won the world's. He was the favorite to go into the Olympics, and then he caught a cold, mm. like the week before, and he got like eighth. Mm. And I thought it was going to be a comeback story about how he went on to like write books and coach and performance and all this stuff, but it wasn't. He actually it just destroyed him. Mm. It just he never got over it. He's still to this day they're interviewing him like twenty years later. You know, just destroyed him. So I thought, wow, that's that's so sad because. It could have been an incredible learning experience and such a tool for teaching and how to deal with this, how to overcome. But he couldn't see the wisdom of it, you know. 
Casey, I have a question. Um, sure. Every morning before I go to work as a second grade teacher, I set an intention to be kind and uh, patient oh, and no. loving. And every <laughs> there's a failure, at least one. And then I'm so disappointed, and then I'm like, failure, failure, failure. So am I setting myself up by setting those intentions? Am I clinging? Where am I going wrong here? Um, same thing, the, the attachment. So all we have is our intention. Mm -hmm. You know, ultimately we strive the best we can. You know, so um, this attachment to ourselves, you know, like this, of course, loving kindness, right, and compassion, self-compassion, and all that stuff. The intentions are beautiful, and then we have to recognize, you know, that that we are striving the best that we can, you know, and that you're dealing with second graders, you know, but also... <laughs> Also, too, releasing, I think you brought this up before, like, releasing, like, what is the goal? Like, I would release a lot of your expectations upon them. So, like, them being total chaos and, and recognizing you're going to total chaos, therefore, you don't need to be impatient with chaos, right? Because you understand chaos. So, how you're relating to that, like, like what would push you into the realm of, you know, impatience, you should recognize like, oh, you know, I know what I'm getting myself into. Like this could be however it wants to be and still be successful, you know, but if you're putting a really tight, like it has to be like this to be successful and for you to be a good teacher and for these, then, then it might be disappointing. You know, so opening up to that, like I'm doing great. Look at them. Like, even though they're being crazy, you know? Like, that's still okay. I'm sure you're awesome. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah, I think we have time for one more. Just the yeah. topic of self-compassion did come up and how difficult it is to have self-compassion for these types of situations when we just... It's difficult to have it for ourselves. We can have it for others, but that self-compassion and that patience is, is still always a challenge. Or in this moment, so. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.